to our didactic portion, which is about schizoaffective disorder. Uh, Dr. Toen, who is the chair of the Department of Psychiatry at UNM, sort of the uh, big boss over there, uh, is going to be presenting this topic. And to his very great credit, he has been a staunch supporter of a collaboration between law enforcement and mental health providers, so much so that I've actually seen him in some of the classes that I've taught, uh, which I'm guessing is pretty rare for a chair of the uh, of Department of Psychiatry to end up being taught by a police officer, but he's been very supportive of this collaboration, so we very much appreciate it, Dr. Well. Thank you for that very nice uh, introduction, officers, uh, clinicians, members of the public. So uh, we are going to be talking about uh, schizoaffective disorder, but I want to uh, take this opportunity to be critical of our field when it comes to diagnosis, and this is a good example, just to put in perspective. Uh, and let me start with the executive summary. Making the differential diagnosis between schizoaffective disorder and schizophrenia does not carry major consequences in terms of treatment. It carries some. So, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about it. But let me get back to being critical of our field. Unlike uh, other uh, branches of medicine, like infectious diseases or oncology, the diagnoses that we make in psychiatry are not etiological. Etiological meaning that we know what causes the condition. We also have absolutely no tests that will help us make the diagnosis. In cancer, we can make the diagnosis looking at the genes in infectious disease by what is the bacteria, and we can even uh, select a treatment depending on the diagnosis. In psychiatry, we do not have those tools. For that matter, even if we have brain imaging, from the point of view of research, there are some differences between, say, bipolar and schizophrenia. But when it comes to uh, clinical use, uh, you cannot make the differential diagnosis, or there's not even a blood test. And uh, there, are, there are actually some uh, products out there that claim to make diagnosis through genetics examination. Those are not, I would not recommend those. They're not FDA approved, there's no evidence for them. So, so again, and schizoaffective disorder is, again, the perfect diagnosis in terms of illustrating the problems that we have in psychiatry. And uh, let, so let me talk a little bit about, about the condition. So this, uh, these are the um, diagnostic uh, criteria. Um, and uh, the criteria change uh, in the last DSM, DSM is Diagnostic Statistical Manual, which is a, a, a book that is published by the American Psychiatric Association that gives you the diagnostic criteria. And it's what we call descriptive. In other words, as I just mentioned, it's not that if you find certain findings in the, uh, in the brain imaging or a blood test, so it is what you see. And uh, pretty much they are the product of a committee's decision. Okay, so the, determining the criteria is not that some major finding was found. It is a criteria of experts, but it's their opinion, decide on what the criteria should be. So DSM-5, what we have on, on this slide, uh, it, it was published uh, two or three years ago, changed from the previous diagnosis of, of criteria for schizoaffective, the DSM-4. So with the DSM-5, it's actually now more 
difficult to make the diagnosis now that it was in the past. Uh, and, uh, and why is that? And let's look at the criteria. So in order to have the diagnosis of schizoaffective, you need to have uh, a criteria A of schizophrenia, and that criteria A is having at least two of the following uh, symptoms. So uh, delusions, hallucinations, uh, uh, bizarre or incoherent behavior, and disorganized uh, speech or catatonia. So if you have two of those, you have criteria I for schizophrenia. In addition to that, you need to have delusions and hallucinations for two more weeks in the absence of major depression or mania. And here's a key point number C, which is you must have symptoms of a mood disorder that is major depression or mania for the majority of the total duration of the active and residual portions of the illness. That means, and this is why schizoaffective would be diagnosed less frequently now than it was in the DSM-4, because if the, if the patient doesn't have the depression or the mania when not psychotic, you cannot make the diagnosis of schizoaffective disorder. Uh, is it, is, is the, um, and of course it should not be secondary to it, is substance abuse. Now this is, this is, uh, this is can be confusing. Most patients with what we call severe mental illness, which is schizophrenia, bipolar, schizoaffective, um, or depression uh, with low functioning, most patients, the majority, more than 50% use illicit drugs. So the fact that the patient became ill when the patient was taking the drugs does not mean that the drugs caused the condition. It could mean that they precipitated that episode, or even if the first episode was when the patient was using illicit drugs, that does not mean that that condition is secondary to drugs. It was precipitated or the drugs contributed. Um, so uh, is this diagnosis helpful? I think, I think it is from the point of view of, um, and actually the, the, the case that we, uh, we just reviewed is a very good example, and a very good example where it might, uh, where it's helpful to make the diagnosis. Because you can have a patient with criteria A for schizophrenia, delusions and hallucinations. But um, the concern is that in the absence of those, the patient must have depression or mania. And those are the diagnosis most frequently associated with suicide. So you could argue a patient with schizoaffective disorder is at major risk of suicide. Who are the patients more at the, most at risk of suicide? Bipolar disorder, specifically with mixed symptoms. You have the depression, you have the impulsivity. So a schizoaffective disorder also has high risk of suicide. The other thing is that having the criteria of schizophrenia, uh, which is low function, these are patients who are chronic. Uh, so, but even when they're not psychotic, they still have depression or mania. So these are patients who are severely ill. Uh, I always like to say that uh, making a diagnosis, if it doesn't imply selection of treatment or prediction of outcome is useless. 
it's, it's an academic exercise that has absolutely no, no pragmatic value. Uh, so what about in terms of treatment? Well, for starters, there are no drugs approved by the FDA for the diagnosis of schizoaffective disorder. Why is that? Because, uh, of course, the pharmaceutical industry will uh, register drugs if it has a, I guess, a, 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 a business value. Uh, so if patients have schizophrenia or bipolar, then, then those drugs are prescribed. And then it, it, having the, 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 the indication for schizoaffective has no major advantage. Now, one of the ways, and it would be important to have those drugs approved because that means there's been studied, and that way we would find out if there's certain drugs that are more helpful than others. Uh, now, after having said that, are there certain drugs that would be useful in schizoaffective disorders? And the answer would be, of course, yes. Of course, these are patients with criteria for schizophrenia, so an antipsychotic medication would be helpful. But in addition to that, as, as we can read in, in criteria C, they must have depression or mania when they're not psychotic. Therefore, the use of mood-stabilizing drugs is certainly indicated. Mood-stabilizing is, of course, not manic, not depressed, but right in the middle. Certainly, antidepressants can be used. Uh, and in terms of, of uh, anti-manic drugs, well, the antipsychotics, but other drugs such as lithium or the anticonvulsants also have its, its place. So from that point of view, it is helpful to make the diagnosis because it does help you with the selection of treatment and it does predict outcome meaning a high degree of, of suicidality. And uh, if somebody has a burning clarifying question, please interrupt me either through video or here in the uh, in the room. I have a question. This Please. is Niels Rosenbaum. The, where is it? B. Delusions C. or hallucinations? Uh, no, C. <laughs> C. The criteria has to be the majority of the time, so that means people have to be sick all the time in order to get this diagnosis. What if they get treated? At, at least 51% of the time, they have to the majority. So this is why this criteria is, is, is hard to meet. If it's you sort of did an epidemiological study, and, and criteria-wide were properly applied, you will find that the rate of schizoaffective disorder has decreased. So it would be misleading because then you would think that new treatments have arrived or something. But that, it, that, it, that just has to do with the change of criteria. Yeah. So now with the new criteria, that like most patients who in the past would be diagnosed, actually in the past you did not have criteria C, and you would, and the requirements it was a criteria for schizophrenia plus plus two weeks of depression and mean it just two weeks. But so now many of those patients would be diagnosed how they were unspecified psychosis or even schizophrenia. So because of this change, if you do an epidemiological study, you will find more patients with schizophrenia. That does not mean there's an epidemia of schizophrenia. That means that the criteria just happened to change. Um, so, any any other uh, uh, question or comment or or, or, or uh, disagreement with what I just mentioned? Okay. Uh, now, there's two types. Uh, there is a bipolar type, which of course means when there's a manic episode, the majority of the time, and then there's also the uh, depressive type. 
Uh, can you have uh, both? Yeah. So there are, uh, you, you tend to diagnose what, 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 what is predominant, but there's some patients that at some point would, would be diagnosed with schizoaffective, bipolar type, or depressive type. And the fact that at, at some point in the past, the patient had that diagnosis does not mean that the patient was misdiagnosed. That just means that in that episode, that was a diagnosis. And the other one is uh, catatonia. Uh, officers and those of you non-clinicians, catatonia is uh, is a uh, a sign or symptom that is associated with a behavior, and it can be when patients are like mute or they don't move or actually they have major agitation. But catatonia is a symptom that is related to to behavior or with movement. That's all it means. Uh, so the uh, schizoaffective disorder, they are um, the, the the, the level of function is low. We tend to have patients like the one that we just reviewed, a patient who's unemployed, uh, who doesn't have relationships, so it's low-functioning patients. So they would fall within the SMI, severe mental illness. Uh, now, uh, this is a, an interest, interesting study that, that was done, uh, and this has to do with the uh, first episode. Uh, most patients who say come to a PS and have never been uh, had a diagnosis of psychosis, the most frequent diagnosis is unspecified psychosis. That is the most frequent diagnosis. Now, most of those patients actually switch diagnosis. And guess what is the diagnosis more frequently that patients are changing? It's schizoaffective disorder. So this is a particular study where 500 patients, first episode, were recruited. There was one with schizoaffective. That's actually not surprising. It's because to make the diagnosis of schizoaffective disorder, time needs to pass to have the two weeks, to have the criteria, so you don't have it right away. So it's not a surprising finding. It is a consequence of what are the criteria. Uh, so uh, patients with schizophrenia also change diagnosis. So again, we might see a patient at PS and would say, well, in the past I was diagnosed with bipolar and now you're diagnosing me as schizoaffective, so someone was wrong here. No, actually the symptoms change, so the diagnosis therefore will change. And uh, when the diagnosis of, of schizophrenia changes, it's actually to schizoaffective. So you, have, you can have nuanced patients with schizophrenia and as time evolves, then when they're not psychotic, they have major depression or they have, uh, which would be a depressive type, or they have bipolar, the main that would be bipolar type. So it's quite frequent for patients to change to schizoaffective. So common diagnosis after a number of years, like the patient we reviewed, initial diagnosis, if I recall, 2004, and the patient was reviewed in uh, 2018, correct? Yeah. Right. And I'm sure in 2004, she did not have the diagnosis of schizoaffective. He said she was diagnosed with psychosis. Sure, that was an unspecified psychosis following along with what I just uh, mentioned. So schizoaffective disorder, this is what I mentioned, very few early on, but then many patients switched to schizoaffective disorder. And it used to be very frequent, as I mentioned initially, and now if we use the criteria the way they were supposed to use it, it should be a less frequent diagnosis. But uh, um, the, the, the uh, criteria, the change is so small is that I doubt that 
people are being re-diagnosed. So uh, again, rare and first episode, very common. So let me let me stop there and let, let me just uh, summarize.